Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the Off the Rail Show on the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the Inspiration Network. And hey, I told you guys that I was going to be popping in a little OTR this week, um, and that's exactly what this is. This is going to be a little OTR. Um, all sorts of stuff going on uh, recruiting-wise, not going to talk about that. Uh, stuff going on with the basketball team roster, not going to talk about that. <laughs> We're going to... We're going to just ask a, a, I'm just going to ask a question here and I want to see, I want to see what people are on the same line of thinking as I am. And so obviously if you clicked on this, you've already know what that question is. And I want to know what do you think is the most interesting decade in Notre Dame football history? Not the best, not the worst, but what's the most interesting decade to you? And you know, people can use the word interesting and, and toss that around in, in a whole different um, variety of ways. But I guess my deal is, interesting is, you look at this and it is just buck wild. Um, it's how I describe interesting. Now, buck wild, I guess I can go back into uh, way, way back in history because of just how, I mean, how different college football was back then compared to now. But personally, for me, the 2000s, without a doubt, were the most interesting decade in Notre Dame football history. Maybe it's a little recency bias. I don't know. But if you look at it, it is just whack, man. I mean, we're talking about a 10-year span. Now, our, our beloved Jude, uh, what does he count as a decade? What does he not count as a decade? Uh, I am counting uh, the 2000s being 2000 to 2009. So what we have in this decade are five guys who were named head coach. Only three of them coached more than one football game, right? Start off with Bob Davey. You get the the George O'Leary uh, ordeal. Ty Willingham, Kent Bear. Hey, you got to count it, right? Kent Bear, and even an interim, one game coached, um, and then Charlie Weiss to to finish out the the decade. And I brought this up on the. The last, was it the last podcast when I was kind of playing Brian Kelly apologist when I stated, you know, like, you know, Brian Kelly saved the Notre Dame football program without a doubt. Because what had been going on, especially in the decade leading up to Brian Kelly, was absolute insanity. So, you know, let's just list off, let's list off the records here. Notre Dame won 70 games 
in a 10-year span, 70. Uh, it started 2000, 9 and 3 with Bob Davey, and 5 and 6 with Bob Davey in 2001. Then you go to Ty Willingham's three years from uh, from 2002 to 2004, and it went 10 and 3, 5 and 7, 6 and 6. Charlie Weiss starting out in 05, uh, all the way to 09, 9 and 3, 10 and 3, 3 and 9, 7 and 6, 6 and 6. It is, I mean, people bitch about uh, like a mediocre season, right? Seven, averaging seven wins this season isn't even mediocre. It's not. It's. <laughs> It's like, I mean, I guess, I guess in some universe you can look at seven as a mediocre year, but it is just, that is a, that is just below any expectation any Notre Dame fan should have ever. Um, it's just, it was not a good, it was not a good look. Um, you know, and in that time, Notre Dame went to what, six bowl games, which is kind of amazing when you're only averaging seven wins a season. <clears throat> I mean, but still, so Lose the Fiesta, lose the Gator, lose the Insight, lose another Fiesta, lose the Sugar, and yo, you won the Hawaii Bowl, the, the crowning achievement of the uh, of the entire decade. Really, was a win in the Hawaii Bowl, and it's it's why people are so. It, it frustrates me to no end that that people put up the the two thousand and five loss to USC as like one of the great games. Like people can't stop talking about that game, and it was a loss. And it's just like that is that tells the tale. Yes, it was a great game. Notre Dame's had a lot of great games, but that that's a great game loss, and it, it just it keeps getting brought up, brought up, and brought up. Now, the last few years, I've, I've seen less and less of it, but it's just like we're talking about a loss. I cannot and will not like keep putting it up on this pedestal because it was a loss. I mean, regardless of how it went down, I just I can't. Um, I mean. Be, do this, do that with the with the fourteen Florida State game. And some do, and we definitely mentioned the robbery. But it's just this was a decade that was just off the chains. Off, I mean, it was just off, absolutely was. The decade prior, you know, the nineties, right? Pretty much dominated storyline wise as as top of the college football world. And starting the and started a decline, you know, about you know mid decade, and then there was kind of like a like an okay kind of a deal at the end of the nineties, and then but the two thousands were just straight bunk, it just straight bunk. And why is this the most interesting part to me? It's because of where we're at right now. And again, like Brian Kelly saving, basically saving the you know the the program. But the two thousands is what really set the narrative for Notre Dame football across the country even now. Like, even now. The, the 2000s is what really, like, locked that up. You know, that, that, that Fiesta Bowl loss to, um, to Oregon State was just probably, you know, that was a game changer. And that was, that's kicked off the decade in 2000. You know, but like consistently, like keep falling way short of big national picture stuff, and they just they stuck around like 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 almost like a, a stubborn child like it just keeps screwing up, but it just it's still there. <laughs> He's still right there, and that's what's interesting. Somehow Notre Dame was able to get through that decade, 
And and honestly, in a in a massively bumpy start with Brian Kelly in 2010-2011, but you they were able to get through that to where they're at now. Now they're still battling a national perception, um, you know, even to this day. And most of that is rooted in the 2000s and everything that went down from from this you know from Davies tenure all the way through to Weiss. It's it's all rooted in that for the most part. Right, because I mean, even Lou Holtz, even on some down years, had some big wins. You know, he had some. There was some upsets on him, but um, you know, I, I'm not the one that's I'm not the one that's normally singing the praises of Lou Holtz uh, left and right on this podcast. It's just not just not my thing. Uh, but you know, there was a there was still a, a bigger respect nationwide. The 2000s just like fucking eviscerated it, just absolutely annihilated it. Made Notre Dame, uh, you know, a a college football blue blood goes to I I don't even know like wannabe like absolute wannabe has been take your pick and look I'm not not gonna pro- it just this is what happened so you know the the uniform changes throughout the decade another thing that's interesting you know um, I, I think those the Bob Davy year the the tail end of the Bob Davy years was, uh, you know, we're still rocking a gold collar interlocking ND. Um, oh, even, you know, I guess it was, uh, even Willingham's first couple years. Uh, <laughs> and then the big, the switch to the, to the numbers that you can see from space. And that went all the way through with Weiss, uh, until Kelly changed. So I, I brought this up in a post or maybe a podcast before, but like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Notre Dame to do a, a decent Notre Dame or a uniform change coming up soon. But anyways, that's, that's all, you know, auxiliary stuff. The fact that Notre Dame just did absolutely dick all for 10 seasons. And, you know, through that time, Notre Dame fans were, were, you know, fighting through this whole, um, kind of losing face. Right. Cause I mean, what did the two thousands bring us? The internet. Right, the, the 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 recruiting sites, you know, around two thousand two to two thousand four, start you know getting their startups going. That's becoming more and more. Internet message boards start really booming up um, in the mid two thousands, and so by the time you know Charlie Weiss takes over, you know we are the entire fan base is kind of like there's a shift into what the online um, thought process is. You know, it wasn't like it started then, but that's where like this. There was a massive shift um, towards the end of the the Willingham years and into Charlie in the start of the Charlie Weiss era, and that's a that makes a huge difference. You know, knowing the the voices of all these Notre Dame fans online is way different than it was. Like, I, I can only imagine how Twitter and how message boards would look during uh, you know the Lou Holtz era. For as much as people, you know, for as many Notre Dame fans that that you know put him up on an altar. Those same fans would be crucifying him, um, for you know, for '94 like uh, and for '96, really, and and how the and how it all ended and, and the, th- the problems went on. But you didn't hear it as much because of of you know we had newspapers. You, you had uh, you know the end of the bar on a bar stool, the, uh, the <laughs> a real bar stool, not an online one. Like people just talking around, like the buzz around the program was actually buzzing words being spoken, not, you know, keyboards being typed. So 
that's what's interesting to me. Is like this, there's this whole shift in everything from Notre Dame being an elite program that it was in the early 90s. Now in the 2000s, we really solidify this mediocre, has-been um, kind of nonsense. <clears throat> and it comes about during just an explosion in information and technology throughout the country where you're able to um, you know, know more quicker and be able to you know, share thoughts, ideas, uh, opinions, and <laughs> whatever else with all sorts of people all over the country, uh, all over the world. And that's a massive difference. And, you know, that primes up into the, you know, the whole Brian Kelly, Kelly era. But and it was the 2000s. It was absolutely on fire. You saw just a complete lack of, of NFL prospects coming through. Um, you know, we're not talking bare zero, but we're talking like it took a massive dip in the 2000s. Um, it just, to me, that's interesting. Like this program was on the brink constantly throughout this decade. Now, the good thing about being a blue blood program is that sometimes it just takes, it, it's able to rise easier than, um, you know, than other programs throughout the country. It's able to, you know, come back out from the ashes a little easier. And Notre Dame just wasn't doing itself any favors, but eventually it just, it survived <laughs> that decade. Uh, survival was the game. So that's me. I think the 2000s were the most interesting decade in Notre Dame football history. I would like to know more about what you guys think, so please head on over to the site where this story is posted or this podcast is posted at. Leave a comment. Let me know. Um, Also, get on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Any review that you leave will be read on the next OFD podcast. Speaking of which, the next OFD podcast is tentatively scheduled to be recorded Friday night. Uh, this week, so you will have that in your inboxes for Saturday morning for all of your weekend uh, ch- chores. You know, get get up at six a.m. Get you, get your shit done right. We got we got you covered probably for the next two two and a half hours. Um, maybe it's a massive three hour podcast. We don't know. We have no idea what we're doing until we get into it. Uh, so check that out. Um, there's there's going to be a whole lot of nothing news because of the the lack of football coverage or less lack of football accessibility to practice. Um, so there's, you know, the interviews that everybody has, which mostly staying away from those on OFD because it's just recurgitating six other articles. Um, but you know, there's a whole lot of nothing going on. We have some recruiting stuff and even that's like some head scratchers, like, Hey, let's make some assumptions or let's not make some assumptions. I don't know. Uh, but, (laughs) but we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely have you covered. Um, but thank you for, for tuning in and listening to this and, uh, We'll try to to do more of these 15-minute ones like I I keep promising and hopefully we get to uh, throughout the the course of the offseason. So thanks again for listening, and as always, go Irish.